Peace to the goddesses, peace to the guys. You know, this is your guy, Guy with Many Visions, and this is another episode of Convos with Living Legends. Um, I want to give a huge shout out um, for episode nine to ZADL. You know, big shout out to that brother. And we spoke on agriculture and why it was important that melanin people get into agriculture. But today, on today's episode, I have a wonderful person. This person is like family to me, and I'm so grateful that she graced her presence on this platform. And her name is Kareen. And Kareen, I would love to thank you so much for even coming here. This is a mother, a wife, an author, a newfound author, you know, a hard worker, yeah. hustler from, from the NYC, Brooklyn all day. <laughs> We're going to rep. You know what I mean? This Haiti is made, though. Haiti made. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you already know how that go. Um Kareen, I am so grateful that you're on this um, podcast with me. And, you know, today's topic is going to be we speaking on, on how we combat the stigmatism of mental health in the melanin community. And um, your book is all about mental health. So, you know, feel free, Queen, please give us a little bit about yourself and what inspired sure. you to come out with this wonderful book. Sure. So myself, um, I'm... I'm a, I'm a mom, first and foremost, but I have experienced so much uh, as, a, as a woman, as a Black woman. And regarding the book, I just thought, okay, well, as a Black woman, I've dealt with this. So then I decided to find out about, you know, how it affects Black men and children. Um, and I, I just threw everything together together. Um, into this book, uh, just kind of giving the different viewpoints and and also providing some solutions and um, some just some ways for self care. Okay. And um, what when when would you say that mental health became important to you? Like when did it dawn on you that mental health was important primarily to you and then to the community? Sure. So I, I would say around 2016, uh, th that's when I myself was diagnosed with uh, anxiety and depression. And, you know, looking back, like after realizing what was happening and, and going through therapy, looking back, you know, I, I just couldn't believe how many years I was like this. Um, and... I also couldn't believe that for me, because of my community, you know, the way I was feeling, I thought I was weak. I thought something was wrong with me and I wasn't pushing myself hard enough. And that's a part of the, the, the stigma that comes with that because it's seen as a weakness or like you're not complete. And would you, would you, say, would you say that like, because for a lot of people who don't know, me and Kareem, we're Haitian. We're, 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 we're from the Haitian society. And um, would you say that our culture, our being um, grown as Haitians in America, that played a part in our mental health? I, I definitely would say so. Um, you know, Haitians, we, mental health is not a thing, you know? So, so when, you're, when you're brought up, you're brought up to be tough to push, 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 you know, and um, there's just a lack of understanding when it comes to like the emotion side, uh, because I guess parents are so focused on you making it further than they did 
they almost forget that you're a person, you know, and um, and that you you require way more than that. But you know what I noticed too with, with what you just said. Um, you know, for our parents, you know, they left a country known as Haiti that was going through turmoil to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they basically came here for refuge, not as if they was being chased out the country, but they just came here for a better life. So them coming with a better life, what I look at is it was a culture clash for them because Haiti's nothing like America. And the standards that we have in, in our Haitian culture is not the standards in the American culture. So imagine them, you know, they come into this land and they're being denounced by other people that look just like them. That's, you know, melanin people just like them. And, you know, they have to work twice as hard because they don't, they, the language is not theirs. The English language is not theirs. So for them to go there and then they have to raise us. And we didn't make it easy for them, you know, growing <laughs> up. We definitely didn't make it easy for them. So I can only imagine. And like when you think about parenting, there's no handbook that's been given because every child is different. Every dynamic course, yeah. is different from parent to child. So the way they raised us, we can't raise our children those same ways. So imagine the, the, the forms of trauma that we had to deal with growing up. We have to combat these traumas so we don't transfer those traumas to our children. Exactly. So like with, with situations like that, how would you say you've had to toe that line and making sure you haven't transferred that, that trauma to your child as a parent? So... So as a parent, I, I made it my business to make, make Chris, my daughter, <laughs> I don't know, but I made it my business to make her feel like she was a person that mattered. Uh, so I, I would speak to her and ask her, you know, what I do that, you know, hurts her the most or bothers her the most or what she would like. So I have these conversations with her to see if she's getting what she needs and also to see how I can uh, give her, you know, everything that she requires. So for me, that is a big step, open the open line of communication and also respecting that she has feelings. Man, I can, I can only imagine, like, how would you say your dynamic was with your mother? May she forever rest in power. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I loved my relationship with my mother. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, she wasn't, like, super pushy, but she, she made me comfortable. But at the same time, you know, there was there was the fear, the fear that's instilled in us, right? There's that fear of the parents. <laughs> the fear of God. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so... So, you know, that was that was a big thing as well. Uh, so I, I could laugh with her, you know, and joke with her. But I also knew that, you know, at the age of 21, I had a curfew of 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a Haitian household for you, for real. <laughs> yes, good, good, good times. But, it, it, you know, it works. It works. Oh my gosh. Well, you you see what 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 what's so daunting about all of this is um you know gr- gr- growing up in Brooklyn of all places. Um the time the era that we came in, it was very rough. And mm-hmm. um I could say I know I've suffered from PTSD cuz there's certain instances that happen like certain sounds that I hear and I'm taken aback because of situations and experiences that I've gone through. You know, it's not 
It's not that the situation came to me. I put myself in those situations. So I got no one to blame for most of my PTSD. But like knowing that, especially men and men growing up in these urban communities, how do we come back our babies from young to grow up like me and others in our generation? How do we combat that so they won't have to go through the traumas that we went through? So they won't have to suffer what we've suffered through. Wow. Uh, so for me, I guess it's teaching, like learning from what you had to go through and then kind of teaching them and make, giving them the path to where they wouldn't have to as well. So um, example, our, growing up, my mom, she, she didn't have that much. I, I never suffered, you know. But, you know, there are things that you want that as a child you just can't get because money is extremely tight. Um, so so for me, with Christina, I try my best to give her ways, like not just buying her things, but having putting her in courses, coding courses, or, you know, putting her in uh, science courses, medical courses, so that, she, and business classes as well, so that she, her brain is different. She's able to grow larger than I did, bigger wings <laughs> for her to fly. So for me, that's a way of combating it um, by putting those things in her and show her different ways so that in every generation kind of just does better and better. So when you hear the term, what does the term um, that our generation is the generational curse breakers? What And do you agree with such a term? Uh I have heard it and I understand it. You know, I understand it. Um, it For me, it puts a lot of pressure on the generation and also is a little misleading because this is America. So it's not just the curse, you know, so it, it, you can't really end it. You can close the gap. So that's just, that's just how I feel. It puts, for me, it puts a lot of pressure on the generation, but we've had so many opportunities that others before us didn't have. It's almost like, well, this is the biggest leap we're going to take towards our goal. Well, I can understand the, the pressure part, but like for me, the way I look at it at times too, is that, you know, our parents didn't know no better. They just knew what they knew. You know, they grew up a certain way. They parents raised them a certain way. So like you said before that, like uh, mental health, if for, our, um, for in the Haitian culture, mental health means you're crazy. Like if, if you have mental issues, that means you you just straight up crazy that, you, you know what I mean? You got issues. You need to be committed somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, in a straight jacket. But us, our generation, we know that's not the case. We know that mm -hmm. there's deeper meanings to certain instances where someone is suffering from mm -hmm. a particular trauma, where there's mental, even emotional, you know, even emotional traumas. We know differently. So I know there's a pressure on us as a generation. But to me, I'm willing to take on that challenge because I don't want our children to grow up like we did. You know what right. I mean? I exactly. want them to be better than our generation because to me, I feel like we better than our parents' generation. You know, mm -hmm. especially now, like, you know, for, for us, that's like in our mid-30s, pushing our 40s or on, in our 40s. Like, I feel like we're making those sacrifices. We're making those changes. We creating that blueprint to leave behind for our children so they can be greater than us and their children could be greater than them. You know, cre create that domino effect. So I feel that, you know, I don't like to say the sky is the limit, the universe is the limit because the skies, 
there's there's gravity. You got to face gravity, so you got to come back to the ground. But in the universe is infinite. You know what I mean? The whole universe is catered to you. You know, so like that's that's one of the things I feel. But knowing that you've come with such a wonderful book, and I, I took the time to read it, and I truly enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> what you. was what was your primary inspiration? Like the was it was it was a multitude of things, or it was just one particular thing that inspired you to write this, come with this book? Uh, it was really last year was an extremely tough year, not just because of uh, the pandemic, but being able to to sit there and watch the way black people were treated and being in a country where racist was president and watching black men get killed on television. Uh, it's traumatic. That is trauma, you know? And I just was always, I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, for me, it was, it was tough. Like I was crying like so much. And I was just like, well, I wonder how other people are dealing with this because this has to be extremely traumatic for us to watch and to feel. Uh, and that's really what motivated me to write this. I, it was just, I was just thinking about that. And I thought, well, let me just do a little bit of my, you know, it's my part in, in the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I love your part because you, you spoke on some, some wonderful topics within, you know, within your book. Like I'm, I must say, I'm thoroughly impressed on how you came about to, to create it. Like you, you spoke on physical health and mental health, how that plays a part. You mm -hmm. spoke on how mental health is as important as your physical health, which is yes. definitely true. Yes. You know, and the title, the, the, the mental stigma in the black community because, um, like, mental health is taboo. You know, it, 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 it's truly taboo. And I like how you, you, you made a list of the harmful effects of the, the mental stigma. So knowing that you, you really took your time to, to create and write this book and, and, and serve it to the public, how gratifying is you that you're doing your part towards curing the, um, the mental health stigma in the community? Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, for me, I just, it, it just feels good, you know, and I just thought to myself, well, I'm going to help and give a tool um, and I'm going to make it available to anyone. Uh, it wasn't about a profit or anything like that. So it, it just feels really good that um, people can actually read it and get something from it. Man, I, I got a lot from it. And um, it just made me, while I was reading it, it just made me, you know, nowadays, so many of us, we have ADHD. <laughs> we have very short attention spans. <laughs> this is like the micro microwave um, era that we're living in. So yes. I was able to read it. And on its skin, I actually enjoyed. And one thing that really hit me harder was why Black men face greater mental health challenges. And um, can you elaborate a little more on that? Sure. Um, it's because of how we raise Black men, right? They're supposed to be extremely tough, no crying, right? Um, just just toughness. You're a man, you're a man. That's thrown at them so often where, to where they don't get to emotionally develop and they don't get to say, I'm hurting, or they don't get to cry and get support. They cry and they get judged. So for me, that's what makes it 
a, a, a bigger a bigger challenge. And you know, I'm glad that you mentioned the the the, the art of crying because um, to me, art um, crying is an art form that a lot of of men haven't tapped in. Um, I can remember the first time that I cried. I was um, I was actually incarcerated because of the fact um, you know so, things I've done that I'm not proud of. But my mom had brought my daughter to come see me. And I remember this vividly. I think she was pushing two years old. And to see her through the glass, banging on the door, saying, Daddy, Daddy, that tore me apart. Um, at that moment in time, I realized I couldn't hold on to my tears. You know what I mean? At that moment in time, my ego had a, I, I crushed my ego. Because I know ego plays a part that prevent us men that's smelling the men from crying. It prevents us from being vulnerable. It prevents us from speaking our heart, our true intentions, what we feel inside, because we feel like we suppress our feelings for so long, you know? And like, for me, it's much easier for the, the melanin woman to tap into her emotions and be vulnerable, you know? But like, to me, I'm still trying to figure out how do, you know, how do we help our fellow brothers to understand that it's okay to not suppress their feelings. That is okay to talk to somebody. That is okay to cry. You know, it's okay to, to use someone, have someone lend you an ear for you to vent out your issues. How do we let them know that is okay? Like, what do we have to do as a community to allow our men, primarily our men, to know that is okay to, to confide in one another? So... So I feel like there's nothing you can do but start now, right? And how we're raising the next generation, you know? So when when you have your, your children and you have a boy and a girl, you shouldn't treat the girl as if she's able to cry and show emotions and then treat the boy like he's supposed to be a like a, like he was, came out the womb as a, like a boxer <laughs> or something <laughs> you know so so for me it's just you just have to start allowing it to happen let them speak communication a lot of times we don't give children credit they know so much have these conversations with them about their feelings and and let them grow knowing that it's okay never judge them for it you know if you want someone to open up to you and be vulnerable you can't judge them so so for me like these are the things that we can start doing to change that mindset man um i'm so optimistic that we can do that and we will do that you know i know it it takes is is one child at a time that's that's how i feel like we got to do it one child at a time and then you know we can combat this stigma but you know, with all with all this being said, and knowing how how um, mental health is such a stigma, like how optimistic are you? Like, say, like 10, 20 years down the road, that you know, um, working on our mental health will be much more of a thing in our community. Like that, it would be it would be okay that to know that we are working on ourselves to be greater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking at a lot of the men today, you know, and the, the way they interact with their children, their sons, like, it's easy for me to, to, to say there'll be a huge change, you know, in a few decades, 20, 30 years from now, in how 
black men think, you know, and, and them being humanized again, you know, because I feel like if you expect something to, something to not have emotions, then they're, they're not a person, you know, so it's, it's almost like taking away your humanity as a man. So I feel like that will stop. Um, and men are, are learning their worth and they're teaching their sons and they're just growing and evolving. So I, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful. You know, like for me, I'm so I am grateful that you wrote this book because I think we need more books like this. Um, I think one one thing that that really changed the um, changed the narrative for me was seeing Charlemagne the God writing his book and how he combats his anxiety, and um, it made me, you know, I bought the book and I read it. It made me take a deeper look into myself, and I didn't realize that me being trying to run the streets. And the things I experienced is I was suffering from PTSD. I never realized that. I never realized that I was operating off of fight or flight. Why do I have to fight or flight or take flight? Why is that even necessary? You know, like, you know, like, I just feel, I just feel like, as as the man that I am at this present moment in time, I'm getting stronger and stronger because not only I'm working on my, my mental, I'm also working on my emotional and my spiritual because I feel all three, they are associated with one another. They play a part with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, more times than not, men were so focused on the physical. Now I feel like, yeah, the physical is okay, but what about you? what about what's inside of you? That needs some love too, you know? That needs some love too. And like for the women, how do we aid the women? Because more times than not, the woman is the nurturer. She's the she's the she's the matriarch. She's the one who provides everything in the home. But they too, they need they need to be nurtured as well. So how do we go about nurturing these our women as well? Well, I just I just feel like there's nothing that can take place of of open communication and respect. So uh, understanding, but mainly respecting each other's experiences and realizing that, you know, we, we come together, like there is a place where we meet and we're not, um, we're not foes. Cause a lot of times there's a lot of conflict between us kind of just understanding each other's struggles and guiding each other and, and kind of being there for each other to go through it. So we, we, either way, we have the at the end of the day, we have to unite. Like we have to. Man, um, I mu- I must say this is this is this is wonderful that we're slowly but surely our community is breaking down the stigma of mental health, the taboo about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because it was supremely taboo. I feel like we we're marching on in the right direction to healing ourselves. Because we've hurt each other for far too long because hurt people hurt people. So now, if 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 a hurt person hurts, hurts a, a healed person, that healed person will be much more understanding of the hurt that that person gives. And I feel like if one person can heal another, heal, heal one, like, you know how they say each one teach one? Yeah, I feel each like one, each, uh-huh. one, each one heal one. I feel like that should be our new model. Let's heal each other. Let's take the time to heal each other because we we we've suffered from centuries of traumas, centuries of mental health issues, 
centuries of anxiety we suffering because we still suffering from what our ancestors going through. Because look what we're talking about nowadays. We're talking about getting reparations for what our ancestors went through. We're still going through the systemic, the systemic thing. Like when you look at the school system, how they're they're trying to form these school um the um the school to prison pipeline for for these young boys and girls. For what reason I don't know. Um, I feel like sometimes. It's so systemic, they automatically just slapping our children with ADHD, ADD, not realizing that's a child. A child, a child, a child. Re- how are children? Yeah, how are they supposed exactly. to behave? <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect of a child? You want the child to act like a grown-up. <laughs> we have to give that <laughs> child a chance to be a child. And I, I feel like we don't do enough of that. I feel like Oh, it is it's so sometimes thinking about it, thinking about the problem is so disparaging, but I'm all about solutions. So knowing all of this, what solutions would you like if you had a plan? Like, because I know you 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 had some solutions in your books, but most of the people don't know what solutions would you have? Like a PowerPoint, if you was presenting a PowerPoint presentation to a group of people, what solutions would you have for our community to work on for us to heal one another? Uh, I would speak on meditation. Uh, I think that's something that could definitely help the community. Um, we're so stressed and we have so much to unpack. Um, I feel like diet, uh, we're in communities where they shove fast food restaurants, you know, and, and unhealthy foods, uh, a lot of us. And so the way you eat uh, helps with the way that you think. Um, so I feel like those things are, they need to be combated as well. Um, and just, I guess, uh, the, the whole aware of self thing, just, oh, I'm depressed or I don't feel good today. It's not, okay, well, I'm weak, you know, just, uh, just be aware of what you're going through and just kind of educate yourself. Man, we, we, we're stronger than we think we are. Once we ask for help, I'm, I'm that, to me that you are a strong person. If you're able to ask for help, that in my opinion, you're strong. Because I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. your first step in becoming stronger. Is is asking for yeah. help. Um, like is there like do you know of any platforms that that people who are suffering from mental health can reach out to? Like any platforms, any, you know, that you may know of that they can reach out to the, you know, to get the help that they needed to heal themselves. Uh, yes. Uh, so right now, um, a lot of places, like when you go to certain apps, um, they'll like health apps, they have options where if you're suffering through anything, you know, due to the pandemic or anything like that, uh, you're able to see some therapists, um, without having to pay out of pocket. Some insurance companies are actually allowing you to have therapy, without having to pay any copay at all. Uh, so that's one thing to do uh, is to reach out. Um, then there's, uh, there, for anyone who's considering um, harming themselves, I guess I would say, um, you can call the suicide hotline um, and you can chat with someone if you don't want them to hear your voice. Uh, so, for, so for me, like these are, these are the tools that we can use um, 
to help with mental illness. And I would like to ask you this. Where do you see yourself 10 years, 20 years from now in the mental health uh, arena? How do you see yourself helping others, primarily in our community, like 10, 20 years down the road? So 10, 20 years, uh, I have two, two visions. Um, and one of them is I, I want to start a nonprofit that helps uh, children in the okay. foster care uh, where they have emotional support. So when I say emotional support, uh, something like, you know, like when, when we graduate, we have tons of our family, they're cheering us on. And, you know, a lot of times these foster children, they don't have anyone. And so people will go volunteer and just push them and cheer them on and also partner them up with mentors to help kind of show them different ways. Okay. That is, that is extremely dope. And, and Queen, where can people, you know I mean, besides all that, I would love the, the, the folks to know a little bit about you, who you truly are, what your plans are for the future, how they could get your book, where they could reach you on social media. And if, 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 and if they're able to contact you, if they're, you know, if they need, and if there's any questions that they, you know, they would like to ask, how, how can they do any of these things? Sure. Uh, so, well, I, I don't know. Well, in regards to the book, you can find it on Amazon. Um, so it's published through Amazon. Uh, and it's uh, mental health stigma in the black community. Uh, so you can look there. Um, so my social media, I don't have social media for this. Um, but uh, if you want to kind of follow my journey in life or contact me regarding the book, you can message at K-A-Y-M-U-A-N-Y-C on Instagram um, and also anyone who wants any additional tools or wants to speak about um, options, feel free to message. Like I like to just be an ear for people. That is, that is dope. I, I like that, that you can, you can lend your ear to aid a person, you know, in, the, in their healing journey. And, and what is, what is one thing you would like to tell our community in regard to their mental health? I would like to let them know that mental health does not define them and it's not weakness, right? It's just think about anything in the world, right? The more pressure you put on it, like eventually it's going to break. And a lot of us, we carry a lot of pressure, a lot of load. So don't, don't be hard on yourself. Don't blame yourself for anything. Don't judge yourself. Just understand it, read up on it. And understand it's just it's just a part of who you are and you'll make it day to day and there's there's no shame or stigma with it. You no, know, I must I ha I totally agree because you know, together we're stronger than we are apart. And um I I must say, you know, I I, I truly appreciate you even coming on this platform. Oh thank you. I'm I'm so you know I mean to speak me. on mental health, you know. One more time, I have to give a big shout out on your book. You know what I mean? I have. Please, folks, you heard the queen. Please <laughs> get Kareem G's book on mental health stigma in the black community available on Amazon. You know, um, can they also follow you on IG as well? Oh, yeah, you know, sure, um, they can. Uh, and I, I'm assuming your, your IG is K-A-Y-G? Uh, it's, no, it's uh, K-A-Y-G. 
M-U-A-M-Y-C. Okay. Oh, so you 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 be doing makeup as well. Go ahead, young lady. Go ahead. You know, oh, I mean, you, listen, you you heard that listen, anyway. <laughs> everything you got going on. Let them let the people know everything that you got going on that you would want them to know about. Please. Okay, no problem. Uh, so I I did uh, get a certification in makeup artistry, but I don't do that anymore. But I do have a tea company that I, I launched, um, and it's organic teas flavored like desserts, right? So instead of having fatty desserts, you can have this wonderful tea. I have five flavors. I'm relaunching soon. Um, it's been out since November. I've had great reviews of flavors like Dolce Caramel Apple um, and Coconut Cream, things like yeah. that. Is there is there a website that they can go to to um, place an order? There is a website, and it's called Teasert T. So T E A Z E R T T E A dot com. So well, listen, I'm 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 definitely gonna be on it. I'm, I need some teas. I'm a tea guy. Every morning <laughs> I have some tea. I'm like an old Haitian guy. Every morning I have my tea. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I have a smoothie. I have my um I have my Seymour smoothie full with fruits. You know, so oh, nice. I know that health is your wealth. <laughs> yeah, your yeah, health is your wealth. Yes. Um I am truly honored, grateful to have you come on the platform. Um folks, feel free. You 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 heard the Queen Kareem G. She gave you where you could reach out to, where you can purchase her book, and where you can also purchase the teaser tea teas available please show us queen love queen we appreciate you and we hope to have you back on you know i mean we hope to have you back on so we can speak further on on how we combat um the mental stigmas what solutions and i love the solutions that you you brought up to the people and and i'm very honored that you you came on um you already know love is love queen can't wait to have you again shout out to everyone that tuned into this episode as you know, this is Convo with Living Legends. You know, we're giving this queen her flowers. You know, we're not waiting till she transition and happy belated. You know what I mean? You know, happy belated on being 25 yet again. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean? 25 <laughs> and it never looks so good. <laughs> 25 and it never looks so good. But, you know, shout out to everybody on the check-in. You know, peace to the goddesses, peace to the gods. This is Convos with Living Legends. I'm your guy, God with many visions. Um, Thank you so much, Kareem G, and we out. Peace, family.